Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, internets, and happy 2016. This is Chico Leo here with your first Fanbros special delivery of the new year. And I am joined by none other than Big Villa YC. Happy New Year, fan brethren. What up, Chico? What's up? What's up? We got a, a new year, a whole fantastic new palette of tv shows uh coming to uh to a theater near you to a tv <laughs> near you this year so yeah ba- basically there uh there hasn't really been uh anything new uh as the tv schedules follow uh still the strict holiday format and uh nothing new comes on um you know basically the week before christmas christmas and then new year's and so we've got um you know, sort of an empty an empty space right now. Last week uh, did the sort of best of 2015. And this week, uh, LOIC and I will be looking ahead to 2016 and what's to come. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to say you should head over to fanbros.com. There is a, uh, a survey up so that we can, um, you know, find out what it is you out there want us to talk about uh maybe investigate further no promises we might not talk about it or investigate it further but uh this is the best way for you uh to reach out to us so uh check out the survey on fambros.com yeah reach out and test what would you like fambros to talk talk more about in 2016 loyc um more comics more anime more uh more everything you know uh, there's so many different areas that uh you know we can we can dive into so uh, me and DJ Ben I mean always kind of grapple back and forth about this you know because the fan bros movement is growing and getting stronger and stronger like a Darth Vader force choke so uh, just trying to take over the internets and the the you know the new millennia in 2016. You know spe- speaking of Darth Vader force chokes, uh, what was uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens? Oh man, do I. <laughs> oh man do i do i do i i enjoyed it man but yo I, I was just like it was weird it was like enjoyable but underwhelming in a way and and that's kind of like a hard thing because they played it so safe you know right and, and kind of like i like the fact they, they kind of rehashed new hope but then like i was kind of disappointed with how they they did everything with um kylo ren and han and I think had they kind of reworked uh, certain happenings, they would have had a, a much greater emotional resonance and would have kind of had the impact that they wanted, you know. So, um, but I loved Ray. Ray was dope. She's a great, strong female character, and it's one of the things that's kind of been like one of my themes on, I guess, the the, the special delivery. It's just been about how um, female characters are portrayed in fiction, you know, because um, with power and with other stuff. And I like how they portrayed Ray. I mean, you know, she was strong, she was adventurous, she was brave, she was funny and witty and caring. And, you know, she got to be a badass in her own right with her own story, had her own depth. And without, you know, them resorting to the um, I'm in charge, so I'm a bitch type of thing that people do. Right. You know, that uh, used to always bother me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I, I thought it was dope. So I think that she's like a great addition to the canon of female um, adventurers along the lines of, you know, Ripley, uh, Ellen Ripley from Alien and Sarah Connor and uh, even Princess Leia, you know, all the greats. Um, I, I enjoyed, uh, for the most part, I enjoyed uh, Finn. I kind of think they kind of short shrifted his story at the beginning. And I think it didn't, it just seemed like to keep pace with things, a lot of things seemed kind of truncated in uh, The Force Awakened. In a way that a little rushed. There were some things yes. that felt a little rushed. I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, I I actually had that problem as well with some things. For me, the final battle at the end felt felt a little rushed. And when you compare it to the final battle in New Hope, which was 
longer and much more relentless and made it really seem like you know yeah, they just took out they that. weren't that you know they weren't going to be able to take down the death star and in this one they, they took they out a planet really like anything. easy yeah I, was like, I mean it was 10 times the size of the death star they had less guys and they got rid of it you know a lot quicker because they had like six or eight uh uh x-wings and they were like we lost half the fleet and it was like right it's only like two or four y'all to begin with i mean like what you lose so it was just it was like a lot of little things and just stuff that different people kind of keep pointing out to me that really kind of um like to me the movie was like a b you know it was enjoyable and a, a good entertaining joint i don't feel like it's a waste seeing it i don't think it's a waste for anybody i would recommend it but at the same time it's far from meeting a lot of the hype that a lot of the star wars fans have for it you know well i mean i think its biggest goal was to wipe to, to basically set the table for you know there's going to be a star wars movie every year for the next yeah. five six years oh no it succeeded and yeah, it, you know it succeeded a hundred percent by introducing finn and ray and setting the and kylo ren and setting the table for new star wars movies and just getting the taste of the prequels out of your mouth out of you know the viewers mouths or eyes or ears so i i feel like as a star wars movie it was an a plus I probably would agree with you. I give it a B. I mean, I gave it like a, a ten as a Star Wars movie and like a seven or an eight as as a movie. Um, also, Poe w- w- was really dope, but um, it was you know, just speaking a lot of, of weird uh, crap in it though, man. Like the Poe staring at Finn in his jacket, like all kind of like weird, and then like the awkward Leia hug that she gives Ray at the end of the movie. Like you don't even notice, lady, and you just like yeah. No, weird. that was just for the fans. That was, hey, I'm Princess Leia, and I'm, <sighs> I'm handing my your mantle over. I don't know. I, I, don't I know felt that. that there was a lot of uh, um, chemistry missing between Han and Leia, and I, you know, there's been a whole thing on the news where people have. Um, are criticizing Leia for aging or Carrie Fisher yeah, for that's, aging, that's, and I don't think it's that. I don't think it's aging because. You know, uh, Harrison Ford and Luke, you know, and Mark Hamill aged. She was, you know. But they're always uh, just harsh on older actresses. I mean, that's just a I know, that's true. But, but see, I, I think it's something different. I don't think it's the aging. I think it's the partying, the hard living, the drug. You know, she was a drug addict and she made a career. She did one woman shows. She wrote books about it. And I felt like when she and Han made eye contact, it was like something out of Jaws. Like her eyes were dead. Like my criticism <laughs> isn't that she aged. It's that she lived really hard and she looked like, you know, an ex-junkie or an ex, you know, someone who's lived hard, like a, like a bounty hunter or something. Or like and a princess who has the weight of the galaxy on her shoulders. I guess I don't know. She couldn't really unclench her jaws. There, there just there, there was I mean, issues there that I'm not relating to her being an older woman. But ha- I don't know. I could have used one line in there, like, "Yeah, it really sucked that you were getting tortured by the Empire for ten years or some shit like well, that." Well, it's but, a lot. Um, I think because I just listened to the other um, Fan Bros episode where y'all guys discussed Star Wars, and I think you made a very right. salient point about the fact that they could have used a bit more exposition in terms of explaining they could have just let certain things breathe just to explain more what the yes. hell was going on like a, a friend of mine she was pointing out like why did they destroy the five planets and like was that the entire new republic they thought they were destroying and like she just didn't understand like what was the beef you know and yeah it's like a lot of things like once you stop and think about it you're like eh, oh okay yeah maybe you know i got a buddy who's watched it a couple like three times and he's like, every time he watches it, it just kind of diminishes because he's just kind of like, just gaping holes start opening up to him. But right, I don't know, man. I'm not looking for all that. You know, I just enjoyed the movie for what it was. I thought it was cool. It's flawed, but it was damn good. Um, it, it gave Ben, I mean, you know, happiness. So, you know, I'm good with that. It did. It certainly did. He's uh, he's riding high yeah, on, uh, you know, it got his on lightsaber the Force Awakens. It, it definitely got his lightsaber up. So, uh, you know, he's good. So, uh, are you gonna run out and see uh, the next? What is it? Rogue Squadron? Is that the next? Uh, the next Star Wars movie? Um, I'll see any of them as long as they seem interesting. You know. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm with so it. So, what are you looking forward to uh, upcoming on uh, this uh, this this TV new TV season we got coming up? The Blacklist, Game of Thrones, um, the second season of Daredevil is coming up. Um, right. Those are the so, three primary joints that kind of stick out in my head right now. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely well, I'm not a, I'm not the blacklist fan that you are. I'm definitely looking forward to Game of Thrones, although 
Uh, you know, this whole thing with Jon Snow getting, you know, resurrected, the fact that, you know, um, he died at the end of last season and they're using his poster, his picture on the poster for the new season. I guess they're they're getting out in front of it, but... Um, I don't think he's dead. I don't know. Oh, but, I don't think he's dead. Just like I didn't think Glenn was dead in The Walking Dead. I'm kinda, I'm, right, I'm that is true. You were the one who predicted, you were definitely predicted that Glenn was not dead. See, I think Jon Snow died and they showed the Red Lady come through and that she's going to, you know, use his king's blood somehow to resurrect him. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Either he's not, you know, either he's not dead or he's dead and he's getting resurrected. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we're going to get a lot more with the kids in this season, like Bran and 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 the the girl, uh, I guess the brother is is dead, but uh, the girl is still alive. And um, you know there was a lot that they didn't get into last season that they just sort of dropped. So I think we're gonna revisit a bunch of stuff that we haven't seen. I'm very psyched for Daredevil. Um, well, with with Game of Thrones before we get to that, because like yeah yeah they filmed. Like a lot of the Bran Stark stuff from the book, they just filmed it for this season, so they intentionally kind of, um, you know, split it in half like that. So, it, yep. so we're getting kind of a little bit of the old stuff, and then some of the stuff that you know George R. R. Martin is currently writing, and you know, probably their own conclusion. Well, they've pretty much. I think it's pretty much uh, official that the show is going to end before the next book comes out because the show is supposed to run seven seasons. This is about to be the sixth season. Mm-hmm. And he basically said that the, the, the next book is not going to come out. And I don't even think that I think the next book is not the last book that there's going to be another one after that. So this is going to be a very interesting thing where the show is actually going to end, but there's still going to be two more books out there. And so I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I myself had chosen to, um, I, you know, wait until the show was over to read the books. Um, and so I definitely am planning on doing that. Um, I've got all the the three fat hardcovers, uh, not hardcovers, but the, the giant encyclopedia size Walking Deads. But I'm waiting until the show ends because I don't want to sort of mix them up in my uh, in my head. Man, so um, you got the Walking Dead joints. Go ahead and read them shits. It's like the show and the book, the show and the and the comic are different beasts entirely um no i know they, i know they, it they just i might it then some. i might start i feel to be honest with you i'm i'm worried that i'm gonna like the comic more and then I'm, it's gonna make me like the show less but we'll see nah, um it, they're just two different things they're so it's it's like the tv show is using the comic as kind of like a loose blueprint but the tv show does things in a t- totally different fashion they they mix up different people's fates right. and destinies in the from the comic, so they'll use certain events and different elements. But like it's its whole own other thing. And the TV show has totally different characters that are in there. The um the comic has totally different characters. I mean a slew of them. So you if you read the comic, you're gonna you're gonna encounter different things. It's like wow, this seems familiar, but it's not. I mean it's so different from. The TV show, like it's, there've been vastly different changes. Where it's like, you know, it's just two different experiences, you know, where they've taken the same premise and some and similar characters and similar events, but they're letting them play out in um, some different ways. So I mean, you know, you would, you would be fine. It's not like a, a strict adaptation where you'd really be. No, I know it's that. more the the differences. I I'll get them confused. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll jump into it before because it doesn't look like Walking Dead is coming to an end anytime soon. Uh, the TV show, but um, yeah, I mean, so wait, I was going to say, speaking of Walking Dead and Daredevil, um, I'm one of the few people who wasn't thrilled about the casting of the dude who played Shane in The Walking Dead mm-hmm. as the Punisher. Um, I saw the Punisher Warzone movie, and while I didn't think it was a great movie, I thought Ray Stevenson, Ray Stevenson the dude Stevenson who played boss. the Punisher. Yeah, and, 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 and one of the things is that dude's like 6'5 and really built. You know, like he's physically really large. And I, I definitely, you know, came of age with the Mike Zeck, Steve, Stephen Grant and Mike Zeck uh, Punisher miniseries in the 80s, um, which is actually the only time in a Marvel comic, or at least up till that point, that innocent bystanders got killed in uh, in gun battles and stuff like that. Like they actually <laughs> show like a mom and her daughter getting shot. Like, But it was just the size, the physical imposing size 
of uh, the dude in pun and 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 this guy doesn't have it. I will also admit to um, you know actors have 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 a job beyond acting. They have to connect with the viewer, and most actors connect with most viewers. And I just never liked the dude. I don't like him in anything. And it's not that I don't like his acting. It's just this. I have a visceral reaction to him where I'm like, yo, you're a douchebag. Like, I just saw Sicario, which I highly recommend. And he's in. And, like, I was like, you know, he doesn't have a big role. But it was sort of like, you know. And see. I definitely definitely was hoping for Carl or somebody to come and shoot him in there, too. I'm somewhat different in that, like, I am a huge Punisher fan. I'm a huge fan of the Punisher. Um, so I totally agree in terms of, like, I, I think Ray Stevenson was perfectly cast as the Punisher. I just think the Warzone movie kind of, you know, failed him. But yeah. his whole look, his armory, everything was, that was how the Punisher should be on screen. So casting John Bernthal is kind of a disappointment to me because he doesn't have that same physical presence. And, I, and you know, having seen uh, Ray at this past Comic-Con, and you know, getting a photo, he's, he's you know he has that presence. You know, he's just an older guy now. But um, I'm curious to see what they do with him. You know, and I'm kind of trying to really push that part of it away. You know, to my to to the side because the Punisher is a is a imposing figure, and and he strikes fear just by his very presence. And John Bernthal is a short dude, but right. I like him as an act. He's a great actor. I mean, Shane from the comics is like he's a douchebag and he's a blip. You know, but here, you know, with Walking Dead and the TV show, they flesh him out and they make you kind of understand his reasoning and care for him. Like, I enjoy his acting. I enjoy his work. I just don't necessarily think he's the right choice for the Punisher. But right. he still may do good in this kind of, you know, the, the way they're writing. I mean, who, who, you know, we'll see. I mean, I definitely want to see Elektra. I definitely want to see Elektra. Yeah. And, and it's also worth noting, I mean, they were like note for note pretty perfect with both um daredevil and jessica jones and speaking of female heroines i actually was a big fan of agent carter oh yes she's um, coming back which yeah yeah, which is also coming back soon um and uh so yeah i mean it's it's one thing to sort of snipe at them in advance but i have i give the marvel people uh, a lot of leeway at this point especially with the with the TV stuff, but also with the casting, I think the casting has been pretty good in the movies. I mean, so they all just around, did, um, I think uh, um, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange and those images, I mean, are spot on. Yes, you know, so Marvel does their thing. I think the the Burnthaw was a slight misstep, but I think he he can act, man. He can really act, you know, and, yeah. and that's the thing. And- and we'll see. I mean, you know, they might also go in a slightly different direction. Just real quick, if you're a Ray Stevenson fan, shout out to Rome. Ray Stevenson was one of the two leads on Rome, which was uh, one of my favorites back in the day. And it was back from the real golden age of HBO when they were running, you know, The Wire, The Sopranos, Deadwood, Rome, you know, Six Feet Under, all in the same, se- you know, in the same year you had seasons of all those shows. Rome only ran two seasons, but... Um, it's definitely in my all-time top ten. I really liked it a lot, and uh, Ray Stevenson is really dope in it. Yeah, um, he's on Black Sails. Titus Pullo. He's on uh, Black Sails right now, playing Blackbeard. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And Black Sails is coming back. Are you watching that? I haven't watched it. I mean, when I saw him at the Comic Con, you know, I, I flash usually to the Punisher. You know, when I see him, right? Or, um, you know, he's he does Volstag in the in the MCU. So um, I really kind of totally ignored the whole fact that I'm standing there. He's in front of a black sales, like all this stuff. But I was like, Ray, and he took a photo or whatever. And it wasn't until I actually saw a commercial for black sales like weeks later. that I was like, oh, that's what he was promoting. <laughs> yeah, I, I like black sales. Um, you know, there's never been a pirate show and they do it pretty well. Um, the pirate stuff is really good. And then there's a lot of intrigue. Um, they're all on this pirate island and they're vying for control of the island and uh, it's NASA actually and um, yeah so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to to Ray Stevenson on black sales and just generally do uh, to keep keep on keeping on with that um, I think that that's coming in January February agent Carter's coming in January February I know it, it was one of the first new shows of last year Um and so uh what else we got daredevil we got i mean it's gonna be a couple of months but game of thrones we have um walking dead is coming back soon and my understanding is 
we I don't know if the audience doesn't meet Negan or if they don't meet Negan till the final episode of the season. But I did read that. I mean, Negan is going to be the big, you know, the big bad villain and the one that everyone's been waiting for. Um, I think it's coming sooner than later, probably in the mid season. Um, because uh, of how we have what uh, Daryl Abraham and I think his name is Sonya or Sasha. I think it's her name. Sasha, Sasha, Sasha yeah. <clears throat> Encountering um, what looks to be some of the saviors. Um, yep. And that's a situation that kind of plays out. It's looking like it plays out similar to how the comics went. So that could be very interesting. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm curious. I think that casting just Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a is an ace choice because he has the look. Yep. And he definitely is a good actor, and he's somebody who has a great presence. Um, I love him in all his different roles, so I'm curious to see how he plays it. I don't really see much point in them stringing it out to the end of the season. I mean, I guess they could, but like a lot of the Alexandria stuff right now, as it is, is kind of you know starting to drag. You know, I, mean, I like the first half of the season; it was pretty good. But like, okay, you know, <laughs> wrap it up, B, get it moving, yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, the, the first half of the season was pretty amazing. And then it, it really just jumped the shark when Glenn, you know, when, when we saw the episode with Glenn, you know, waking up and, you know, showing things from a different angle and all that. And then the, the end was a little disappointing because all my problems, whatever with the walking dead, I always thought that their premieres and their finales were fantastic. Um, and this was the first time that I was let down by one of the finales. Um, I don't ever need to hear, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips by Tiny Tim ever again. And they played it like five times during that episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so what else? I'm trying to think uh, some. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, Mr. Robot is returning. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. That was a show that kind of came out of nowhere. I had been a fan of Rami Malek from... Um, the Pacific, and then he was on a couple episodes of 24, and he really stood out. Um, but, you know, the showrunner and just, the you know, a lot of the other actors on the show I'd never seen before. One guy I'd seen was um, the guy who runs Evil Core. Um, he was, it was his house at the end in the last episode where there's a, there's a party going on, and the big reveal was that uh, B.D. Wong was, uh, who was both the hacker and you know, in bed with the, uh, the one percenters that dude was in a show called, um, Rubicon. That was about 10 years ago. That was, it was on AMC and it only lasted a season. And I really liked it a lot. And this is one thing I, I would say Rubicon had the same vibe as Mr. Robot. And I feel like it took place in a very similar universe in the way that Jessica Jones and Daredevil take place in this, you know, just had the same, the same vibe, the same feel, and that dude played a similar character in that show. And um, you know, if uh, I don't know where you can find uh, Rubicon, but I definitely recommend. It's a little slow, but really worth uh, worthwhile. Yeah, I think I've heard you mention Rubicon before. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of these shows that you know um, get get a season and they don't get enough of a following. You know, they say, and, and at that point, Netflix didn't exist, the streaming Netflix. And, you know, Breaking Bad definitely would have gotten canceled if it wasn't for Netflix. You know, that's another AMC show. So if Rubicon had been a few years later and word of mouth and people could have got, gotten caught up in the off seasons, it might have had more of a future. Um, Terriers is another one that was on FX that uh, I was a huge fan of. And it had a season and it has this rabid cult following and it was just, you know, just a really good buddy private eye show um, with uh, what's that actor? He was on Sons of Anarchy. He's on Vikings. He's in a lot of things. Um, Terry, wasn't that on USA? No, no, no. That was uh, that was FX. I believe um, I briefly remember the name, but I never watched yeah. the episode. And the only show was, I've been checking now is uh, The Expanse on Sci-Fi, which has been pretty good. But I'm just really kind of getting rolling on into it. 
Yeah, that one I feel so four episodes have aired and I think each is better than the previous one. And I think The Expanse, what I like most about it is the promise of what's to come, which could be a huge disappointment. I mean, the same could have been said for Heroes in the first season. Like, I thought they were setting the table really well in the first season for like an epic series. And then they really kind of shit the bed in the second season. And I never even watched the third season of Heroes. But The Expanse is really setting up a gr- a really interesting um, world, universe, and it's uh, it's based on a successful series of novels that I believe uh, also the person who the, it's a it's a team, a writing team that they also wrote Children of Men, which you know is a really dope movie. So um, I you know some of the storylines are starting to pay off already, others definitely are not, but show signs of paying off in the future you know uh, sci-fi has really made a commitment to getting back to you know quote-unquote hard sci-fi you know the sci-fi network and um this along with dark matters and killjoys are the most recent um you know shows and they all have a similar gritty future feel i would um recommend killjoys if you're looking for uh you know female action lead uh the i forget the actress's name but she's afro swedish and she's the lead in killjoys and she's the leader of a small band of bounty hunters and they have a talking ship that you know has its own the ship is a character you know it has its own personality and um that that i thought was really good uh it premiered the same time as as dark uh is it Dark Matters? And I watched the pilot of Dark Matters, but I didn't keep watching it. But that one seems to be the more popular one. And Dark Matters is on Netflix and Killjoys isn't. Um, uh, I'm not sure what the situation is with the second season on those, but The Expanse has actually already been picked up for a second season. So they're really, Sci-Fi Channel's really behind that. Um I was actually really into um, the sci-fi channel show that uh, ended this season. Uh, The one that took place in uh, um, uh, St. Louis in the future. Uh, Began with a D, not Deliverance, not... um, You know what I'm talking about? There was a video game and a TV series. And it... uh, What the hell is the name of that show? It just ended. And... uh, it took place in the future of St. Louis. Defiance. Okay. I don't know. I, I there really like Defiance. game with this? Yeah, so it was released at the same time as a massive, you know, MMORPG. Ah, okay, okay. Role-playing gotcha. game. And supposedly things that happen in the show would affect the game. Um, I just thought they did a really good job of world building. And they created some really interesting races. Uh, races and they had a couple of storylines dealing with like a, you know alien racism that I thought were interesting. Um, there was a whole subplot in one season about um, people who actually dressed up. There was a whole underground club where people went and uh, actually like you know put on face paint and wigs and dressed up like one of the alien races, like you know. And it was it was a very interesting uh, cultural appropriation, you know, uh, theme um, that definitely resonates with all, all kinds of stuff in the real world. And um, you know, I don't think it ever found its audience. It might have taken its time too much, but uh, Defiance definitely was. Uh, it will be missed. It was on Sci-Fi as well. Yep, sci-fi. And I haven't watched for a while. It was like the only sci-fi show on sci-fi. Yeah, you know, I haven't like, really watched sci-fi since Farscape, like right. years ago. And so, um, you know, in, in picking up the Expanse, it, it was really cool. Just kind of stepping back into it. Um, you know, Thomas Jane doing his thing, but like the set design, the the, the special effects, it re- they really kind of for me created an immersive world. Um, and they're doing like a really good job of world building and really kind of you know. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a deeper show. Like, we're just kind of skimming the surface as they kind of did right. with the, the setup, you know. But um, so far, I've enjoyed their approach and the look of the feel of the show. I got to say, if you if you, if you you didn't watch it when it was on, I, I actually really think the, the Battlestar Galactica reboot is also a high point of, like, the last decade of TV. And while I, I did feel it, 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 the last season was a disappointment... 
The first three seasons have some of the most amazing stuff I've seen on TV. And what was really amazing is that, you know, the Iraq war was going on at the time. And the show became an allegory for the Iraq war. And actually the humans were the Iraqi insurgents and the Cylons were the U.S. And so the the humans in Battlestar Galactica are doing suicide bombings and they're working in like, you know, quote unquote terrorist cells and... It was it really flipped the script in a really interesting way and um, dealt with a lot of like real world issues. You know, there was a two episode abortion episode, you know, thing where they they decided to outlaw abortion in the fleet because they're only like they're down to like 20,000 humans are left literally in the universe and they need every single human, you know, to fight the Cylons. And so it became a very interesting you know, yeah, when you have the luxury of having, you know, 7 billion humans, you know, terminating pregnancies means something completely different than when there's 20,000 humans and you're fighting, you know, robots that are trying to wipe humans, you know, from them, you know, from existence. So I, I really great performances and uh, some of the best space battles I've ever seen. Yeah, I haven't I've never seen uh, the new Battlestar Galactica. So I definitely check it out. I mean, I think I've, you I've maybe seen yeah. like I mean, that's, two minutes of one of them, but that's about it. So no, it, it was a really good show. Um, I thought it went off the rails in the fourth season, and you know we miss things. You know things fall through the cracks. I'm actually currently mostly at the um, on the recommendation of of my father and actually like three or four people on Twitter. Um, I've gone, uh, you know, Person of Interest is a show that I, I didn't watch when it was, you know, on. Um, there's been four seasons and they're all on Netflix. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm into the second season and that's like, you know, an older show that I'm going back and trying to get, you know, caught up on. So just because you miss something, you know, you shouldn't, don't, don't, don't ignore shit just because it was 10 years ago or five years ago or even 20 <laughs> years ago. All right, we'll do so what are your thoughts on Game of Thrones coming back, uh, Daredevil coming back, um, the second half of The Walking Dead? What do you think uh, things are going to go? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to them. I mean, Daredevil, I'm wondering if, you know, the Kingpin, you know, I guess they might reference him. You know, I don't know who is the Punisher, the villain in Daredevil season two. Do we know if there is a, you know, a big villain? Um Well, it looks like the Punisher and Daredevil will definitely be having a philosophical face off, which is similar to to kind of how they do in the comics, you know, because... Absolutely, but, you know, I know Elektra's going to be there. Um, do we know, is there going to be a bullseye? That's, uh, I haven't heard anything on it. I mean, mainly, I know that they're doing the um, kind of two sides of vigilantism with the Punisher representing one side, right. Daredevil representing the other, and then Elektra's kind of being introduced as kind of like a chaotic force, you know, who... Um, not corrupts Daredevil, but, you know, she's like the woman who can get him to step out of his comfort zone and kind of loosen up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting if if they actually keep, you know, I mean, spoiler in the comics, you know, Elektra's death is one of the biggest things that happened, you know, one of the biggest deaths in comics. And, um, you know, I'm assuming she is going to die, but it would be interesting, actually, if that happens in season three. And they don't actually go through the whole storyline, you know, involving her death. You know, if they if she's an even bigger character and they, and they actually carry her over to season three. Um, I don't even know that there is going to be a Daredevil season three because we got Luke Cage coming up and then there's Iron Fist. Um, and then they're going to do the Defenders. Um, Possibly a so we'll see. I'd, I'd like to. S- yep. Yep. I, I just I don't know if there's going to be a second season. I, I mean, I'm assuming there will be, but it hasn't been announced. Um, the I, I mean, I guess the one thing I'd like to see is more, you know, more interaction with more of the Marvel Universe. I always like that. I think they do it really well. Um, you know, more than just Rosario Dawson appearing in one episode of Jessica Jones. Um, not that, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but it would be nice if there's a little more of that, you know, um, you know, cameos by either movies or, you know, people from the movies or other, you know, other heroes, other, other TV, you know, it'd be nice to see Luke Cage show up again. Yeah. But then people just complain about that. I mean, so, you know, I don't know. I've never heard anyone come. I mean, the, the way they've been doing it, like it's really pretty, uh, 
pretty pretty awesome i think the uh you know they, they they've managed to uh to really create that that new york you know of of marvel comics where spider-man could run into mr fantastic you know who could run into luke cage who could run into doc ock you know well, no i like the idea of that i mean like i watched marvel agents of shield and one thing they did in the first season was have samuel L. jackson show up as nick fury and he helped out. I mean, he just came in a pivotal time where he actually helped out Fitz and Simmons. He rescued them. And then he played a role with um, stopping uh, Garrett, you know, in the end. So he, he played, a, but he was only on screen for maybe a total of 15 minutes over the course of an episode or right. two. <clears throat> but it was just perfect. So if it's something where, like with Jessica Jones in the comic, her first case dealt with Captain America. So I think it would have been right. cool to have a cameo by Chris Evans as, you know, she dealt with something that dealt with Captain America. I think it would have been an interesting kind of little tie-in. But I'd rather them tie it in in some unique fashion versus kind of the um, superhero team-up style. You know, I mean, that would be cool, too. But, I would, you know, just something that you don't expect. You know, Spider-Man swinging by in a window. You're like, what the hell was that? You know, like, Exactly. That cool. that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, or Iron Man flying overhead or something. Something of that nature. That would be more um, interesting to me than like an actual full on thing, you know, just to show that, hey, we're all functioning in the same universe and this is, you know, where everything is happening together. Like that would be the cool thing to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, both Game of Thrones and and possibly uh, Walking Dead, maybe not. I have this rule and, and I've never seen the rule you know, um, broken, but basically all shows start getting really tired after five years. There's like a natural length of time in terms of like, you know, cultural zeitgeist and when shows start really repeating themselves. And I really feel that that happens after five seasons. Um, I thought, you know, like Mad Men went seven seasons and yet, you know, the last two years it was just, you sort of felt like, oh, I've seen all that before on Mad Men. Downton Abbey just started its sixth season and it was so tired. It was just repeating shit that you've seen on, on other episodes. And so that's my major worry about Game of Thrones in that, um, you know how many, how much more degradation and misery can they pile on the Stark family? How many more female characters are going to get raped or killed? Um, how many more beloved characters are going to get killed in in really you know terrible, terrible ways? Because you know the the you know when you see you know a member of the Stark family get killed, it's just you know. It's you you know you had the red wedding, you had the the beheading see, in the first season. I don't season. think that would. Apply when you're adapting another work of fiction that has an actual finite ending, I think you run into less of that, you know. Versus if it was like an original series, then because the people who created it are going to run out of ideas and they kind of start fishing and recycling, unless right. they had certain themes. That's why the wire work, you know, it had certain themes that it was playing on the entire time, right? Although I would also point out the wire was five seasons, like it didn't, yeah. Go over. But I'm like with Game of Thrones, I don't think I mean, as they're telling a story, so it's kind of like yes. it has a point to it. Whereas if you're a show and you had a, one good idea and maybe that idea lasted you for three seasons, but your show got popular. So now we're, let's push it to five, six, seven. Then it definitely runs into what you're talking about. And I think that in many instances, when people are pitching shows, they have that one good idea. And then that's what the whole show spins on. And it's like if right. the show somehow surprisingly becomes popular, then they're forced to like draw it out and kind of stretch it out. And then it gets really thin because they well, didn't that, have yeah. the second idea to follow up on, you know. That, 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 well, that's what happened with Lost, and there was a lie. I mean, Lost, they told us, yeah, we know exactly where we're going. We know how we're going to get there, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that that was, that was a, a bold-faced lie. Like, that was a falsehood. Um, I myself would say that Lost also went a season too long, and it was six seasons. But, um, you know, like that was a victim of exactly what you were talking about. Or something like 24 where it becomes less believable each season because each season there's some, you know, some terrorist is taken over or there's some traitor in CTU. And there's always, you know, there's always some kind of... Um, yeah, well, in 24, it became part of the joke. Like, we knew <laughs> we knew the headquarters were going to get invaded. We knew there's going right. to be a traitor. We knew it. So it kind of became like... Okay, this is gonna well, be that's the thing. I mean, it becomes this almost like an in-joke, like wink-wink at the audience. Also, just the fact that it was the same thing with the Die Hard movies. I mean, it's like, 
you know, you can suspend the disbelief that this kind of shit is going to happen to this guy once. You know, okay, I'll suspend disbelief a second time. But by the time they're like Die Hard 5, you know, it's the same thing with 24. It's like, you know, Jack Bauer, you know, another another insane 24 hours where, you know, he's going to shoot, you know, 100 people and torture 10 others and, you know, fly planes while performing open heart surgery and all the other dope stuff that Jack Bauer does. <laughs> Jack Bauer is cool as fuck, though. Come on, man. Of course, of course. <laughs> you know, you know what's really crazy? It's just about this week. Maybe, um, maybe we're a few weeks away. But um, oh, you know what? It's fourteen years. I was gonna say because twenty four premiered after the Super Bowl that the Super Bowl that followed September eleventh, two thousand one. So it premiered in January of two thousand two. It certainly did for those of us who were watching it. It does not feel like it's been 14 years since the first 24. Uh, no, it does not. Although, that show, like The X-Files, is an interesting, you can follow technology because the way the cell phones and uh, PDAs change each season and get more power, get smaller and more powerful um, is, is, oh, that's, oh, speaking of new things coming, I mean, do you, uh, are you looking forward to the new X-Files? Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Actually, isn't it just were like you, a six episode little run? I think so. Were you were you an original a fan of the original run? I liked X Files, but I wasn't like that about it. You know what I mean? Like I like the show. I like the the serial and the, the whole conceit behind the show. But them coming back is like, eh, I can take it or leave it. I mean, after the, yeah. after the movie, it was kind of like they had already kind of busted their load, and so you know. Well, there were two movies, and one was good, and one was terrible, I thought. The second one was just awful, and I was a big X-Files fan. I thought it was really dope, although, again, following my rule, like I thought the fifth season was the last really good season. There were some incredible episodes, single episodes, in the sixth season, um, and maybe even the seventh, I don't know. But once they got rid of Mulder and Scully, I actually stopped watching. Like I yeah, didn't watch the see, last two seasons. But see, that goes back to what you're saying. I mean, the thing with shows is that they have to have an actual conclusion in mind. Yes. And if you don't have that something that you're working towards, then it becomes exactly what you're talking about. And most of these shows don't have that. That's why now, I, when I when I argue about um, Breaking Bad, the first two seasons meander like a motherfucker. It wasn't until season three where they, we know we're going to end this in season five or whatever. So then it got really tight and everything right. became more focused and then it got good. But those first two seasons are just like, if you look at them, you know, it's, it's typical. Well, there, was, there was a writer's yeah. strike in there or something. I think it was the writer's strike that happened with Breaking Bad that did mess up one of the seasons. And that happened actually with Lost as well. Like one of the seasons got messed up. It was it was shortened. And I can't remember if it was the first or the second season of, of, of Breaking Bad. I'm actually thinking it might have been the uh, the first season. And I think Jesse was supposed to die. And one of the things that came out of the shortened season was they didn't kill him, which, you know, we never would have met Jane. And uh, Kristen Ritter might never have uh, been cast as Jessica Jones. And then she couldn't fuck Luke Cage. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. So it, it, it's all connected. But... um trying to think if there are any uh, any new shows that you've heard of that you know that you're 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 champing at the bit you know luke cage aside i mean i'm i'm ready for that second season of agent carter because that's such a fun show um i want to see the second half of marvel's agents of shield they they've gotten stronger with each with each season and the cliffhanger um going into this this break was pretty good so i'm waiting to see how that ha that uh re resolves itself um Got Legends of Tomorrow coming. Legends of Tomorrow's had a couple of good commercials where I want to see it, but I have a feeling the show is gonna is trying to capture that flash magic, and I don't know. It might be a dud, you know, because I think it's gonna be a dud personally. But I'm, you know, I'm obviously gonna watch it because there are people who are kind of like either in the Green Arrow camp, which is a little bit grittier, darker, a little a little more adult CW take. And then the Flash, which is a little bit brighter, warmer, fuzzier. And you're mixing show people from both of those genres and both of those shows. Right. 
in Legends of Tomorrow. And it, and it seems like it could be fun, but already they're kind of showing some cornball stuff that would just pull me out of it, you know? Yeah, like when they go to the 70s, because there's a lot of time travel stuff. When they go to the 1970s and dudes are like, oh, wow, do people really dress like this? I don't need that. Yes, yes, yes. And I actually so, like the guy. I like the guy who's playing a character. But yeah. it's just the stuff they're going to have him saying. It just sounds like stereotypical black dude saying some weird, right. you know, hey, yeah, come on, man, yeah. Yeah, I I also just, I mean, these are not legends of tomorrow. These are like, you know, C-list, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to diss because uh, DC, while I have very low expectations for almost everything they're doing in the movie space, um, I mean, with the exception of the only thing I'm interested in in the Batman Superman movie is Wonder Woman. Oh, my God, no. And I'm not really interested in the Suicide Squad movie, but... Suicide Squad looks better than the the Wonder Woman... Wonder Woman first bad casting with Gal Gadot. Oh, see, I'm, I like her. I think but she works. I think she Suicide looks like Suicide Squad looks like it's much going to be much more fun simply because you don't have to adhere to anything in the past. You know, yeah, you can kind of cut loose yeah. with that shit. You know, you can go. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. All of it, just none of it is really that appealing to me. It's funny because Gail Godot's casting is like one of the, and the way she looks is like one of the only things I like about um, anything they're doing. But. That said, I really like both Flash and Arrow, and I've really enjoyed uh, Supergirl. I, I'm surprised at how much I've enjoyed Supergirl. I mean, I have a friend who watches it with her five-year-old daughters, and it's just surprising to me that there's a show that two five-year-olds really like that actually, you know, captures my attention more than, you know, a lot of what's on TV. I mean, that's a wonderful thing, you know? And yeah. With The Flash, they have Wally West coming. And more of Zoom, who's a beast. So I can't wait till he comes back and starts beasting on Flash again. Now, do we know who's playing Zoom? Because I thought his voice, he sounded like Tony Todd to me. Yeah, who plays. Well, it's, it's the voice of Tony Todd, who the actor oh, is. Oh, it is the vo- Oh, is that true? Yeah. It's, do we, okay. They're doing, they're doing the uh, Darth Vader stick where, you know, they have Tony Oh, uh, see, voice. that's whack. I mean, if it's not, I mean, so I didn't know it really was Tony Todd. I was like, who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? And of course, for everyone out there, Tony Todd is Candyman and is also Worf's brother on Star Trek: The Next Generation. And um, I think he also appeared on uh, um, Deep Space Nine as well. Yeah, but he's the voice. They personally, I think it's gonna be um, John Wesley's ship, who's revealed as Zoom, which would be Barry's father. Right. Um, but they're also supposed to be bringing uh, the guy who played Eddie Thawne back. So he'll be back in some form or fashion. Um, well, I don't know. I, I'm not wild about that whole Darth Vader thing. I mean, I thought it was cool. You know, it worked really well for Star Wars. Um, but, I, you know, I just think, you know, then they should make him, they should make Tony Todd be, be you nah, know, be. I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's actually something they should do more of because right. I, I hate, this is like the X-Men Apocalypse trailer. I hate how um, Oscar Isaac sounds as Apocalypse. Like, he sounds terrible to me. Right. But I love, like, I, you know, the, the Apocalypse from the X-Men cartoon, you know, it's just like, only the strong will survive. It's just like he has this more... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ...booming, powerful voice that was like, okay, he's a, a villain, you know what I mean? And, like, this dude just doesn't sound imposing or intimidating. Like, I'd rather, you know, sub somebody's voice in for that. So I'd rather get, like, that... And that, and that way, even the voice acting is playing a role in in uh, it, becoming an actor. You know what I mean? Becoming another part. So you have your location, you have your actor, and you have the voice. And I think that would be dope. You know, if somebody can act the part and look the part, but they don't sound it, I mean, shit, change their voice out. Well, one of my goals this year, um, I haven't seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I actually am going to check out Rick and Morty, which I believe the new season is coming soon. But um, one of my goals is actually to do a chronological entire, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'm making this goal now in, in you know, January 3rd um, of 2016. That in 2016, I'm going to do an entire Marvel rewatch in chronological order, which means starting with Captain America, then doing season one of Agent Carter, then season two. And there's a whole thing you can find online that tells you exactly, you know, um, what the chronological order is, and I'm going to watch the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes, 
you know, like I'll watch the first six episodes and then watch, you know, the Thor movie and then watch the next 10 and then, you know, Captain America, um, you know, the Winter Soldier. Like there's a whole exact chronology online somewhere. And I haven't rewatched any of the any of the Marvel movies except for uh, except for Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy and, and the first Avengers so I'm going to try and, and when I do my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watch, I'm going to actually incorporate it within watching them in, in actual chronological order. You know, the TV series and the, and the movies and um, sort of see how that all comes together. Because I didn't see the movies in exact order of them coming out. And then they, there, there is some, you know, chronological differences so that's my big goal for the year is to actually, you know, have done a whole rewatch of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order. You can knock that out in like a month and a half. And, and I don't know. You're talking about good. two and a half seasons of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. You're talking about like 10 movies, Jessica Jones, you know, um, Daredevil. I mean, there's a, there's oh, yeah. a lot in there. So that's a, I mean, yeah, but still, it's doable. Because when Jessica Jones and Daredevil came out, I watched those shits like the in in the oh yeah entirety. I watched them both on in a weekend. I watched I it watched in their entirety. Like I watched it thirteen hours straight. Yeah, you know. No, I didn't do thirteen hours straight, but I definitely was done by like Sunday afternoon. You know, with them coming on Friday at so midnight. It's doable, but, um, and you'll enjoy it. Marvel's been on their shit. I enjoy their product. Absolutely. No, I, I mean and, uh, me too. For the most part, mention, I, mean, I just ordered the uh, Rick and Morty Blu-ray. It just arrived. The other day, season one and season two just ended. Season three, hopefully, will be in the fall. Oh, I thought it was coming sooner than that. Because um, I saw something nah, online about season it. Season two just ended like two months and ago. Is it on any of the services? Like, is it, you know, I'm on Amazon Prime, I'm on Netflix? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not certain. I mean, give it a look. You know, I like, yeah, I said, no, I did look for I it. I sent you a link to them. I think they're online. I sent you a link. Yeah, they are, they're on uh, the Adult Swim or Cartoon Network, you know, one of those. Yeah, they are there. Yeah, so I sent you, like, the repository yep. of all of it. But once you start right. watching, that shit is so funny, Chico. Rick and Morty yeah. is the shit, man. And, like, it's so engage like go through the season but you know because it'll take you probably till about season by episode four or five and by episode six there's a, a change up that changes the dynamic of everything but the show is fucking oh man it's awesome everybody i've turned on to the show has just loved it yeah no i've heard i've heard really good things i mean this is the thing i mean there's so we've reached peak tv i mean it is impossible Certainly, if you have a day job, you know, at this point to really keep up with everything. I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, why, you know, there's a lot of anime that I'd like to be watching. There's there's other animated shows, you know, there's a whole Lego droid show or something that's on that I've never seen about, you know, you know, a Star Wars show. And, I, you know, I watched um, Clone Wars religiously and I watch Rebels religiously, but... You know, I don't have time for another half, even just a half hour a week. I don't have time for that. So, you know, it's, you you know, you find, you find, you you know, you find time when you can. You know, I'm trying to, trying to get caught up on uh, Person of Interest, which, by the way, I do, I do think is really interesting because it starts out as a straight up, um, you know, episodic procedural, you know, there's a bad guy and they, they solve it or whatever, but they're slowly over the first season sort of building this, uh, this sort of mythology and it, and it switches up into something else into more of a, like a bona fide sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's comparable to fringe in that way, which is another show that I, that I really liked that I, I, uh, I would recommend people watch that, uh, it's definitely worth five seasons. Yeah, and then you need to get up on the blacklist, especially if you watch Person of Interest. Right. So, I, you know, yeah, I don't know what, you know, I really like James Spader. I, I think the character's interesting. Um, the, the two episodes that I've seen, I just, um, it just felt very, uh, I, I, I can't, I don't know, you know, like, um, it felt, I don't know, it just, it didn't grab me. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that, that show clearly has its... Uh, has has its uh, diehard fans like yourself and critical acclaim. That's true. I that mean, is true. It does a damn thing. Like it's a great show, and it, it really defies what out my expectations because it kind of does a villain of the week type of thing, but then it has like a whole overarching right. theme and just a lot of stuff that interplays and callbacks. 
so that everything, you know, you think it matters. You know what I mean? Even the villain of the That's week. a show that I could see getting bogged down just from the two episodes I've seen. Like, I could see getting bogged down like we were talking about. Like, if they don't decide, okay, we're going to just do five seasons or this is exactly the point. Because they could know what their end point is. But I, I just think if it, they could really get bogged down, you know, and it could go and, off the And, and off I can rails. see that, and I've thought that too, but then, like, they just seem to know what the fuck they're doing. Like, they're on it, you know, and even when, because once you watch it, you know, and you get into it, um, they, they're paying attention, you know what I mean, in a way that I don't think they're bullshitting. Like, when the lost people are like, yeah, we know what's going on, you just knew they were kind of like, eh. Right. Like, but the the blacklist people seem to know, you know, they have some direction they're going, and they've just, but it takes you in such a different direction than what you expect. You know, like, you'll, as a TV watcher, you know certain tropes, you know certain things, you identify it right off the top. But they so subvert your expectation. And that's the thing where the show really succeeds. Because you're thinking they're going, you know, left and or right, but they zigzag in a way that you don't expect. And so they've really kind of taken that kind of villain of the week episodic um, uh, uh, style and just done it like slightly differently. And then they also, their episodes are streamlined in a way where you can kind of, you can still follow them. You know what I mean? So that they aren't like so bogged down in the history and mythology of what's happened before that they can't proceed. But it's like knowing it makes everything you watch so much richer. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I will uh, I, maybe I'll give it another shot. I mean, right now, like I said, I'm 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 getting caught up on 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 person of interest. Although, like what you described, I mean, there are similarities, you know, formally between those two shows, and I think Fringe was like that as well, where they do start out just doing this procedural stuff, and then they build up a rich world. Um, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, you know, from Dust Till Dawn is a show that I've I I, I enjoyed the first two seasons. Um, they they do the vampire thing with the with the whole sort of Incan Aztec mythology, and it's really cool. And um, I, I you know I think it's got you know a larger Latin cast than pretty much any show on on TV. Um, Gotham, you know, hit or miss. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do in this second season with this rise of the villains I stuff. Totally forgot that show was even on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Another really good one is Fargo. Um, that just the second season just ended, so I don't know. Um, you know, and then there's things like I don't even know if True Detective is coming back. Although I think it would be a real mistake for it to not come back. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to the OJ thing. What about what, you? Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yeah. I haven't seen any of the footage for it, but um, the premise is, you know, I mean, we know what happened. I'm, I'm just interested to see how it plays out. Right. That's. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm interested in a lot of the casting. And frankly, you know, I've seen three seasons of American Horror Story. Um, I think that's the dude who's behind it. And uh, there's some, some of the casts is the same. So... Um, you know that that that's definitely one that um, I mean it could be a total disaster. I'm not I'm not denying, but it could be dope. Um, and then of course there's always everyone's favorite uh, favorite crime show, Power. <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen in Power season three? Um, what's her face? Angie's gonna uh, be with ghosts. They're gonna hook up for real. She's really gonna be trying to play him and get her, right. you know. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't care. Power, so whatever. You know, it's entertaining, but I just like Fifty Cent as Kanan. I just, right. I just love the fact that no, he, he. I mean, he definitely has presence. He's just there's, a, there's, there's, he's he, just a he's fucking the most wrecking ball dude on the show. I mean, yeah, he's a murderous wrecking ball, and I love it. Like, I don't care about Ghost and Angela. Like, ah, whatever. You know, I like. I, I wish they would have just killed her. You know, the interesting thing about Power is it was on at a time when there were very few crime shows on TV that I know of, you know, at least in the in the, you know, in that space, the premier cable space. And so until this second season of Fargo, I, I would argue that in the two the first two seasons, the power was on. It was the best like crime show, you know, like a show about a criminal trying to go straight and his associates and and you would, you be know, wrong. I but but can you name one that was that's the whole thing. I'm did not you, saying did that. Did you it's just the, say the best? 
That at the time that it was on, I'm saying like Fargo season two is a better crime show say, than e- you basically say, hey, there's nothing else on. So by virtue of you being on, you're the best. Right. <laughs> I am sort of saying that. But because there's no, you know, it's, I also don't. Th- I mean, I don't think power is a terrible show by any means. I don't think it's. By terrible, the way, did you ever. Did you ever see the 30 minute? Uh, what is it? Surviving. There was a 30 minute show on stars. That got a lot of critical acclaim about an athlete and his family. Oh yeah, survivors remorse. Survivors remorse. Yeah. Have you seen that? How is that? That's some bullshit. It's is it? It's funny to a degree, but it's like the main character is this kind of um, whiny basketball kid, and so half the episodes you're like, oh, kids, shut up, stop whining, because like this spoiled brat basketball kid. But then he has like um, other people around him who kind of make the show kind of interesting. But the show is like cotton candy. You know, you watch an episode and it passes so fast and you're like, did I just watch an episode? Um, so it's not really, you know, your time is definitely better spent. If you're going to be on Showtime, watch um, uh, uh, House of Lies. Right. Much more funny and fulfilling show. But um, Yeah, it, it's funny you say cotton candy because I caught a couple episodes of Blunt Talk which was another show. I think it was the show that led into it. And that had Patrick Stewart, you know, Jean-Luc Picard from Next Generation. Yes. And that show just felt so, like, did I just even, did did 30 minutes just pass by? You know what I mean? It was so sort of light, you know, like five minutes after it ended, I couldn't have told you what it was about. (laughs) Exactly. Well, with Survivor's Remorse, like while you're watching it, it's like somebody's erasing your memory at the same time. Right. Well, I, I, I hadn't checked it out, but I know that it got um, it did get good reviews. And so I was going to see if maybe I should go back and check it out on demand. But I guess right for now, I'm just going to stick with person of interest till, uh, you know, till the new season start. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. We've been uh, we've been pontificating for like an hour. Um, and a reminder to everyone out there, check out fanbros.com. Check out the survey. Uh, let us know what uh, what you'd like to uh, to hear more about, um, and we'll, we will try and uh, we will try and try and talk about it, or find someone who can, or you know, just follow me at Illawas and just pick a fight with me online on Twitter, you know, and help me pass my days by better. That's right, that's right, um, and you can uh, follow me, the Chico Leo on Twitter, and of course, Fambro Show on Twitter. And uh, we're on Facebook and on Instagram and fanbros.com. Basically everywhere that you have eyes and ears, Fanbros is. Fanbros! Fanbros!